So I know where all the potholes are. All right, I don't want you to fall into them. Thank you. Roxanne, my friend, kind of opened up the whole area that I wanted to go tonight. Uh, a little earlier, we met and talked about some pretty provocative things, but time doesn't allow us to do as much as I'd like to do. But I want to talk about heaven. And I want to tell you why I want to talk about heaven tonight. Because with where the earth is going right now, we better have our eyes on heaven. We better have an understanding of the kingdom of God. And I think it's real interesting that in history, we see John the Baptist coming to earth, and what was his word? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then... He eclipses. Jesus comes in. What does he come? What does he say? And after that day, he began to preach what? The kingdom of heaven is near. And then what happened right before he left earth and he spoke with his disciples? What did he say to them? As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. And when was the last time you heard a message about the kingdom? Sorry. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Well, Sorry. God okay. bless his heart. <laughs> Remind me to send him a postcard. <laughs> it's a real serious thing, but, you know, if you know me well enough, you know I'm about 50% serious most of the time. But it is a serious thing because the world is shaking violently right. as we speak right now. And there's fear and anxiety in the streets. Last night we were watching uh, Squawk Box and Good Idea, and they were talking about gun sales in America and how they have skyrocketed in the last 30 days. Yep. And uh, there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is when there's no money, people get nervous and they want to take what they need by force. It's an old premise, but it still works today. Uh, there's been all kinds of robberies, I'm told, and different types of domestic violence that has skyrocketed. And um, here's the deal, guys. They're going to be looking for something in this period of time that has life in it. So before I even get to where I want to go, I've been kind of inundated with some emails lately just about uh, 1 Chronicles 7.14, which I love the scripture, but i got to be honest with you. That tends to be our go-to scripture for disaster, for just about anything that ever happens, 9-11. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 7.14. Uh, every election, let's go to 1 Chronicles 7. I just want to set the record straight tonight that Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. Can, can we get that far tonight? I want, to, I want to talk about the kingdom. Kingdom people are in the middle. We stand right in the center where God is. I'll, you know, it's really funny. There was a particular man one day, and he said, Jesus, whose side are you on? Mine or theirs? And what did he say? Neither. I'm the captain of the heavenly host, man, and I strongly right? recommend you get on my side. <laughs> you see? So that's it. We find ourselves constantly mesmerized and anesthetized by other people projecting their thoughts into us. The media is unbelievably powerful. Believe me. We won't go there tonight. However, if, you, if you've left the television on daily, like even if Fox, the Fair and Balanced Network, or CNN, the Communist News Network, or whatever, whatever network that you've had on, if you'll notice and you're sensitive, it takes the life out of your home. If you notice, if you're sensitive, if you're, and even if you're just, you know, like, I like to leave, like, worship on in the house, even if I'm not there for some reason. When we're in a hotel, which is 80% of the time, like, even now, we're back at home, it's going on down at Susie's house in the basement, or wherever we go, we just like to leave worship on. And I'll explain that in a little while, but we started leaving, like, Fox Network on. I started noticing, I started getting depressed. 
I'm serious, and I didn't really understand how all of that works. Guys, if you're already in a world right now that is at some semblance of cataclysm where a lot of people are in great fear, they're shaking. We have friends, good friends that have lost hundreds. If anyone has any water, I need a little water too. Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, dude, I'm afraid of this thing. What is oh, it? Really? Oh, it's, it's sanctified. It's from IHOP. <laughs> this is from the vortex of... Per- dude, I, I trust your terms, but how do you work the thing? <laughs> you bought it and you let it, let it go. I'm not biting it. Can I get it? <laughs> That's where I draw the line. There. He needs something. It's from IHOP. Karen sanctified you. Okay. Just, just a cup of water. He's on the, he's on yeah. the joke. He's on the case. There's not a lot of it, so we're baptized the people on the way there. We only have 18,000 lakes. I mean, right. <laughs> I love this. It's a good problem when you don't have enough room. Most, most churches, you got to put free beer signs up to get so where was I? Oh yeah, we got a whole world around us. We're supposed to be the light of the world. So I'm trying to find the logic in some of, of the latest emails I've been receiving lately. One of which was telling us that we should trouble our souls and fast through Thanksgiving. Well, here's a problem I have with that. First of all, if you know anything about fasting, really, Jesus fasted 40 days one time. Okay? If you've ever really fasted, fasted, fasting does nothing for God. Please don't think that you're helping him out in any way. <laughs> Secondly, fasting will not move this nation. I know you've read all of these books and you've heard people. I'm telling you straight up by experience. Fasting doesn't move the nation. Fasting moves you. Fasting was created to move your flesh out of the way. Nothing more. Nothing less. That's what fasting is for. It's always been that way. It's always going to be that way. So, but I'm telling you, from the communities, you guys want to have some fun? Yeah. All right. From some of the communities out there, we have a half-naked man up front. Uh, Some of the communities. Where they're well, teaching. Away in laughter, right? It's that anointing of David just coming out all over the place. Yeah, really? Well, you can't control it. So, in some of the finer places where we're supposed to be training young people really about how stuff works, let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Then we'll get back in the kingdom, but I'm, I'm just going to go where the Spirit wants me to go. Fasting is one of those things that can become self righteous in about 60 seconds. It can. It's supposed to be something that's done in secret. It's supposed to be something that's yeah. pretty much stealth and we're not advertising to our friends, Hey, look at me! But, um, I, was, I was at a particular place that will remain anonymous in perpet- per- perpetuity, so I don't get in any more trouble than I'm already in. And uh, a couple of our former kids that used to hang out at our house, where we had a bunch of guys hanging out, uh, moved to this place to be taught by this particular person about fasting and prayer and changing nations by prayer and fasting. And I asked them if they would like to go out and have lunch with me. Both of them said yes. So we went to Ruby Tuesdays. And we're at Ruby, you already know where I'm going. We went, we went to Ruby Tuesdays, and the girl had just told me she had finished a 40-day fast. Okay, so she was done. 
the guy had finished his, the husband finished his 40-day fast two weeks before the wife finished her 40-day fast. So I thought it would be safe to invite them out. You know, most people are hungry after a 40-day fast. <laughs> so I order my food, and all of a sudden the girl goes, she goes, I would like the Angus steak burger and french fries blended, please. And when she said that, this righteous indignation got all up in my stuff. And I said, give it to her whole! I yelled at the waiter. I mean, give it to her whole! Do not blend it! And I said, oh, foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you? I said, what happened to you? I said, I thought you told me you were done fasting for... Well, the, the girl that lives in our ca cabin with us started a 40-day fast, and I felt guilty, so I started another one. So I'm going to do a liquid fast, so I just told him to blend my food. I said, this is religion in the most disgusting form, or actually non-form, it's liquid, that I've ever seen. <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life because somehow in that crazy religious mindset that we actually think that we're doing something, first of all, for God by abstaining from food. Hello? And on top of it, we did our 40 days in the desert and now someone else is and we feel guilty. So I'm yeah. telling you, this thing can become a contagion. Yeah. And, and just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. It has an extra O in it. <laughs> so... So I'm getting, I'm getting all of these emails, and one of them says that they feel like we're all supposed to, whole Americans are supposed to fast for the election. Now, let's put this in, in where we're living today. Around us, people are miserable in the world. They already think we're nuts anyway. Our press is really bad. Man on the street says, <laughs> when you ask them, why don't you want to come to church? Well, their answer is, why do I want to go to a place where you make me feel bad about who I am and then ask me for my money at the end? <laughs> and now on top of all that, we're going to purge our souls by fasting and make ourselves more miserable than they are during Thanksgiving when our unsaved loved ones want to come over and have turkey and pumpkin pie. And you're going to say, I'm sorry, mother, father, friends, brothers, sisters, grandma, and uncle. I'm afflicting my soul because it's actually going to do something. You can't understand this because it's too religious and it's just an elite thing. You wouldn't understand it. Does it make any sense whatsoever? You know what? Here I am and the Lord's telling me you should be feasting and not fasting. That's good. And you, you want to know why? Because God is looking for joy. People are looking for joy. You know what? You show me a real Christian, I'll show you someone who laughs at adversity. If you want to see somebody filled with the Spirit, if all hell's breaking loose, you're dancing around! So when I, when I started noticing the preamble to all these emails was First Chronicles 7.14, I said, here we go again. Guys, why do we think that we can we can ignore God, you know, while things are good, and then when things get really scary, we can pop out First Chronicles seven fourteen, get everybody praying, make everybody fast. And that's really going to change something. Now I know right now I'm, I'm slaughtering somebody's sacred cow real good, like right here. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Galatians four sixteen is my new scripture, and it says this: Have I now become your enemy? for telling you the truth. We have got to become truth tellers in our generation, man. Like straight down the alley of the way things really are. And if you understand how heaven really works, which I hope we have even, I've been feeling it all, all night, we might as well just talk about it and then find it expanding even more in our house and in our life. If you start to understand how heaven is, they're not nervous tonight. I can tell you what's going on up there. I can tell you what's not going on. God is not going... <laughs> 
Oh my God, that economic crisis down in the United States is trickling up to heaven now. What are we going to do? Oh my God. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to lay off a third of the angels. We'll have to send them. And, and where's Peter? I'm giving him his pink slip. And, uh, and I'm going to have to hawk the pearl of great price, you know? We're going to sh- we're gonna have to do like alternate Thursdays where we shut her down. Padlock the gate. Say, sorry, buddy, you were good, but go to hell. <laughs> we got no room for you up here. I mean, how ridiculous. How ridiculous. Heaven is a non-stop, joy-filled city that isn't moved by anything. And as my friend said, there, there is no sickness. There is no disease. There are no more tears. Yeah. No more fears. Hey, that works. <laughs> but the problem, the problem, and you guys get it up. The problem is that what has become more real to us is the earth. We become satiated with the things of the earth. Joy and happiness aren't the same thing. Joy is from the bedrock of your salvation. I defy you to steal my joy. You can't have it. Nobody can have it. That's why you say you lost your joy. We'd have to lose your salvation. It's the foundation of your salvation. Happiness is what? Circumstantial evidence. Good hair day? I'm happy. Made some money today. I'm happy. Lost some money. I'm sad. It's circumstantial evidence. But what I'm talking about for tonight, what I think God has in the agenda for us is happiness and joy kissing each other right on the mouth. Like a perfect day. What does that sound like to you? I woke up this morning... I've never heard God, and this is funny, He's never said it to me anyway, He's never said fun. Just has never been fun. And right now, when things are like this bad, the last thing I would be thinking in my natural mind would be fun. (laughs) I'd be thinking, knuckle down, prepare for the inevitable, let's hunker down. You know, that's the disaster word. I'm just hunkering down. Let's hunker down. Things are getting rough. The Lord, I woke up this morning, He said, what have I always done with you? I said, a lot of things. He said, when it, get, when it gets really bad. And I said, you blessed my socks off openly. Yeah. He said, exactly. He said, believe it or not, this is going to be the funnest year you and Lillian have ever had. And I just went nuts. Because that was heaven speaking. That wasn't the earth. That doesn't make any sense. The year we, the year we put a swimming pool in our backyard is the year I got fired from the church I was working at. That doesn't make sense to put a swimming pool in when you don't have a job. But that's how it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Somebody's having fun. I'm gonna have a blast. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I had so much fun. I when I was here last time, it carried me for three months. <laughs> Woo! So there's a lot of real heavy things I can talk about, but the most important thing I want to talk about is the kingdom, because I think it's of the, the utmost importance that we understand exactly what's going on and how things really are. And if you're still on the ground tonight, I'll be surprised because you should be floating when you find out the truth about who you are, where we are, and what's really going on. But I'm just going to read a couple things over you first. (laughs) Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Come on. You want this on? Oh, thanks. (laughs) I mean, I had enough light, but, you know. (laughs) That's fine. I'm kidding. That's great. Um, I'm not that old yet. All right. (laughs) I still see in the dark. I don't have to. Just kidding. (laughs) Bless us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many? Every one. He didn't leave one out. Yeah. And where did it come from? Christ. From where? Heavenward. Yeah. And and when can we access it? When we're dead? When we're worm food and fertilizer? Right now! Right now. <laughs> Woo! For 
he chose us. So this is gonna this is gonna mess us. you up. Yeah, yeah you did you got that, didn't you? Yeah. I'm gonna show you how, when I show you how he did it, it's gonna wreck you. Alright? But he did what he chose us where? In him. Yes? When? Before the creation of the world. Now, we are going to destroy something that's been the biggest fight of all times. It's been the Calvinistic Armenian struggle. Which is kind of like, if we wanted to make it funny, we could say what came first, the chicken or the egg. Right? Well, it was the chicken, Dodo. But you think that God, God raises Adam... And out of Adam, oh, I love this reverb. And then comes Eve. And then what? Then they said, what? We give you dominion over land, and they name all the animals. So what if they were just eggs? And uh, that's a big egg. That must be elephant egg. I call you rooster egg. It's ridiculous. The animal came. The chicken came before the egg. But here's the fun part. For he, for he chose us. Now, see, the predestination thing made it seem like it was like God left people out. See, and if you're thinking of your father in that light, you still don't know him yet. See, but let's go a little further. For he chose, ah, he chose us in him before the creation of the world. So let's mess with that for a minute, okay? Look at this picture. That'll help you understand it. Pass it around. Um, and don't get excited. Don't get there sooner or later. Guys, if he chose you in him, before the creation of the world, and he's what? Eternal? What does that mean? He was. He is. And he will be. For how long? Forever. Forever. So, if you're God and you have the capacity to travel between the beginning and the end, you're the Alpha and the Omega, what does that mean? How could I choose you in me before the foundation of the earth? It's easy. I'm eternal. I'll just go to the end and see who's there. Whoa! Woo! Think about that. Get you some of that. <laughs> Who's doing the choosing now? <laughs> it's so amazingly awesome. We're so finite and so time-based and so now and like so 80 years and we're worm food that we don't see the concept of forever. Yeah. We can't get our head around that. The God who was, is, and shall be, it's real easy to figure out who's in him in the beginning of time. I'll do this. I'm going to go to the end. I see you, 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 you. I got your names. I'm going back to the beginning and I'm writing you in the Lamb's Book of Life. Bam. This is amazing. <laughs> this is huge. Because now that takes away God being like, I just didn't like you. I'm sorry, son. You know? It's, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not it at all. <laughs> Many are called, but the right interpretation is, but few have chosen. That's right. Yeah. But if you have chosen... Your name was written before the earth was created. That's heaven. That's eternity. That's the realm that matters. This is just making the donuts. This is point A getting to point B. Now, what the world's looking for today is people that have a kingdom understanding. Here's where things started getting messed up. And I'm only halfway through one scripture. Here's where things started getting awry. You have John the Baptist that preaches, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus comes, the, the kingdom of heaven is near. His disciples come with the same sperma, that same passion, that same fire. The kingdom of heaven is near, and they're preaching. This is what's happened. Signs, wonders, and miracles. All the stuff we're asking God for. Divine healings, raising people from the dead. You know where it got crazy? Can we go here tonight? Yes. It's a thing called the church. And there's nothing wrong with it. Oh good, he's not a basher. Watch what we did. Watch what we did. In the Bible, you will only find one time where it says, Jesus built his church. 
You know where it was? A place called Caesarea Philippi. Let's go there. Guess what's there? Big rocks, desert sand, and a whole lot of animals, and a whole lot of bizarre people. And what were these bizarre people doing? And who was there? Let's just go there together. Jesus was a rabbi. 